Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're going to go to our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line. We have one with us from ESPN covering the New Orleans Saints, Catherine Darrell. Kat, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Kat, uh, Bobby and I were talking about this, and it seems as though it looks as you never know because we saw what happened with Kingsbury. But it looks as though it's a certainty that um, the situation with Kubiak coming to the Saints. But I think for him, uh, fixing the running game, because I, I really think with Dennis Allen, if you put him on the lie detector machine, that's the one thing he's really been disappointed in. The last two years, this football team has struggled to run the football when they need to and have to. And not because they haven't tried. They just have had very little success. Now, again, as a certain art to calling plays and formations and everything else, I think certainly offensive line needs to have an upgrade. you got to get more production from your running backs. But I think in that, because of being under that Shanahan branch and understanding the running game very well, I think that's the key part of bringing him here. But, yeah, I think that's absolutely um, one of the more important things they need to fix going forward. And the big question is, is Alvin Kamara the same Kamara that we've seen in the past? And can they make it work with him? uh, When Dennis Allen talked at the end of the season, he said, you know, we still think that Kamara can help us win games. But I admit that he wasn't as explosive as he has been before. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, you know, how that all works together with a new offensive coordinator after having Pete Carmichael around so much or so much for so long. Uh, and uh, if they can get the best out of Kamara next year, really. And like you said, the offensive line is going to be the other big part of that. Now, uh, Kat, with that being said, uh, so you that optimistic that Kamara will be on the team next year. And the reason why I bring that up, you know, you got to give up something to get something. And I just look at uh, where Marshawn Lattimore, where Kamara's at in their career. So uh, d- do you think both of those guys uh, will be back or at least one might be gone? Well, that's a great question. I'm kind of talking about Kamara in the present tense right now since he is still on the team. But I do think just with all of their cap issues, it's not so easy to say, well, they can trade Lattimore and get – and part ways with Michael Thomas and maybe trade Kamara just because of all those dead money issues that are going to come with it. I do think that the Saints obviously restructured Lattimore's contract for a reason to make it easier to trade. That still is going to involve a lot of dead money. So I don't know if we're going to go into the season and see a team without all three of those players. I would think that, you know, Michael Thomas, given everything that happened on Twitter and, just the injuries over the last four years, he likely won't be back. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Kamara is the big question. But I kind of place them under Ladmore for now in terms of people I don't necessarily expect to be back. But, you know, that's all up in the air. Now, uh, Ked, I wasn't surprised, uh, maybe a little bit, 
because you have to have a scapegoat. And, and you look, uh, the Saints have now, what, seen five assistants uh, leave this offseason. And uh, Joel Thomas obviously going, uh, leaving the running backs uh, room, the longtime running back coach to go to the Giants. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. Um, I think Cody Burns maybe at times dealing with the wide receiver room. Nobody's talked much about that, but I don't know if he took up enough for Derek Carr. I'm just telling you, I've been in those meetings when the quarterback is the man and, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and you know, who you throw into the bus. Uh, but with that being said, I think like Doug Marone. I mean, uh, Doug Marone is now gone after his second stint with the Saints. And, um, look, uh, to me, someone had to, you know, scapegoat or however you describe it, uh, guys you were trying to develop on the offensive line, uh, no, not only this season, like Mike started, we didn't get it done running the football uh, the last two seasons. So uh, it was a talent. It was an individual players. It could be a combination. Uh, but as a head coach, I mean, a head coach or the old line coach, uh, you demanded that you develop in uh, these draft picks, especially when they hide. Yeah, the Doug Marone move was interesting only because of the timing. I kind of, I honestly thought that was the move they were going to make right after the season. He was at the Senior Bowl um, last week, so before all that went down. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, but like you said, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a scapegoat. Pete Carmichael was one of them. When you have a first-round pick like Trevor Penning and you can't get him going, and now you're really kind of getting into crunch time, I guess, in terms of his contract. They haven't. There's a lot of first-round picks they haven't hit on lately, and so if he ends up not being able, I mean, we'll know eventually if it if it's only talent. But it makes sense that they would want to try to shake up the coaching staff with the offensive line to see if maybe maybe a younger coach could get something out of them. I don't know. I think it's pretty critical that they figure that out because now they have so many questions on the line with Ramchek's knees and, and things like that. I mean, they're probably going to have to devote another first-round pick to an offensive lineman. Now, Cat, uh, 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 I don't know if I've ever seen this in a while. Um, maybe you might have got some negative on uh, social media, uh, but even the radio listeners, nobody has – I haven't heard any one negative thing about Clint Kubiak. Everyone's ecstatic by him coming on board. Now you got to go out there and prove it. But have you heard any negative reaction to uh, Clint Kubiak becoming the offensive coordinator? I haven't. Well, the Saints fans are excited, but it is funny because, you know, this is so typical of football. When you Google, like, Clint Kubiak's name or, like, Google it to see, like, what, you know, like, Reddit has to say, the first thing that comes up is, like, Vikings fans saying he needs to be fired. I mean, that's oh. what I thought. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, that's going to happen with you. You know, this that happens with pretty much any coach anywhere. You're always going to have some fans unhappy with you. Um, but as far as Saints fans go, I think most of them, at least most of them on social media seem excited, but I also think it's like a cautiously optimistic thing because, you know, the whole coaching staff got to prove it this year. Um, I don't know that fans have, are buying back in immediately just because um, they're hiring Kubiak. One of the things, and I don't think there's any debate on this, that this team front office-wise has played a little bit of footsie with John Gruden. And I don't think anybody thought he would come in and become the offensive coordinator, but have some role or some title on this team involved on the offensive side to football. Your thoughts now, when it looks as though the impending hire of Clint Kubiak 
Your thoughts on Gruden joining this team as I don't know if he would be a special consultant on offense, however you want to name it, but I don't think there's any debate that they've played a little bit of footsie with John. I think that it would have always been a tough sell to have Gruden be the offensive coordinator because then you're making him the face, one of one of your faces, main faces of your coaching staff and someone that has to talk to the media every week, which just with the nature of everything that's happened the last few years in the lawsuit, that, that's more, way more of a tough sell than quietly at some point in the offseason saying, hey, uh, we hired him as an offensive assistant. You know, I don't know for sure that's going to happen, but I know just every, every time I've talked to the quarterbacks uh, about him uh, earlier in the year, you know, they all were just – they loved him. Uh, Derek Carr obviously has a close relationship with him. So I think in some capacity he's probably going to end up working with the team more this year. I mean, it's – you got to figure out how to get the best out of Derek Carr. And so, I mean, I think that Gruden's going to be around in some capacity to do that. I just don't know if it's going to be an official hire or not, or if he's just going to, you know, be a consultant like he was last year. Now, uh, Kat, everyone has, uh, you know, a pick or an interest. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Super Bowl Chiefs, 49ers, you know, 49ers being a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And it's been, it seems like, I don't know, like when Tom Brady was playing, you bet against Tom Brady, you lose. You bet against Pat Mahomes, you lose. Uh, are, are, are you in that camp or are, are you think the 49ers could turn it around? Because one thing, I know one thing, Pacheco's going to, they're going to try and run the ball with him considering what the Packers and Lions did against that 49ers run defense. If I see Chase Young playing defensive run end, right that's right at I'm him. running at him. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop the run. You know, I did pick the 49ers, um, but not with any sort of real confidence because I feel like the Chiefs went from a team that were just, you know, okay to playing totally lights out, which is exactly what you want to see at this time of the year. So um, I went 49ers to win, but, you know, I could definitely just see that pick being wrong. I, I I think it's a good matchup. I'm excited about watching it. I know some people are kind of, meh on it because the Chiefs have been so successful and I think people get bored because you know they they like the underdog stories which I understand but um, I'm definitely looking forward to watching it this week and we'll see if my pick is is wrong but you know I'm going 49ers. Kat one of the things this team has used a lot of early picks on along the defensive line and we don't know anything about Peyton Turner he's he's had one injury after another here we didn't see much of Isaiah Foskey last year play at all. The one thing I will say, Brian Brzee, he can rush the quarterback and crush the inside uh, as a pass rusher. Now, he's got to get better in run defense, but I think the development of those defensive ends, knowing you got Cam Jordan into winter years of his NFL career, now we know about Carl Grandison. I think he's always going to be a good player in this league. But that's another area this team has to pay some attention to in the offseason. There's no kind of hiding the fact Turner's had difficulty staying healthy. You didn't get much out of Foskey. That defensive end spot uh, where you're playing multiple people becomes a question mark going into this season. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think it's kind of fair to question their draft process or scouting at that position. Uh, they really just haven't drafted well. Uh, 
on the edge. And so don't know what they have in Foskey who couldn't get us, get onto the field this year. Um, you know, Turner, it's hard to even say you've seen flashes from him because he's played so sparingly. I mean, we really are going into year four and really don't know anything about him at this point, I feel like. And it, that was kind of a controversial pick to begin with uh, because I remember I worked at the Athletic at the time and Dane Brugler, I, I might be wrong, but I think he had a third-round grade on him. So, um, it, so it, kind of, it makes it kind of back to square one, I feel like, with the Saints and makes them in a position where they're going to have to go offensive line, defensive line. Don't know if they will, but it almost seems inevitable that they're going to have to address those positions high in the draft. You know, Ked, you talk about uh, seasoned veterans, older players, younger players. Um, uh, the one thing, you know, I look at Cam Jordan, you know, he's, we always took it for granted. He's always healthy. But the off year that he had, uh, I still think he has something left in the tank, uh, that being Demario Davis. Uh, look, he was named to the Pro Bowl second straight season. I didn't realize this, but he was the first Saints linebacker to be named two years in a row since Jonathan Vilma back in 2009 and 10. Uh, now, Davis, uh, I think, he ended up replacing Fred Werner because, uh, you know, in, in, in the Pro Bowl because he's obviously playing in the Super Bowl. But uh, since arriving in New Orleans, you want to talk about getting it right in free agency. You know, always talk about the draft. But you want to talk about, like, how Drew Brees came on board in free agency. And how about Double D, Demario Davis? Since he arrived in New Orleans, he's been named All-Pro five times. First team in 2019 and second team the past four years. That's not Pro Bowl. That's all Pro. So that's AFC and NFC. So uh, you want one guy that step up, stepped up this year. I think it was Demario Davis. Uh, was still playing at a very, very high level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a great free agent signing. That's, oh, that's uh, one of the best free agent signings the Saints have ever had. Um, I don't know if you ranked. I don't know exactly where you ranked at, but. It's, it's like you said, it's got to be pretty high up there uh, after Drew Brees. Um, you know, my question is just how how long can he play like that? He'll be 35 this year. I was running just some numbers, and it's almost kind of shocking how few defensive players are still playing over the age of 35. You would think at this point, with all the improvements in technology and, and everything, it would be more, but uh, it's, it's – single digits uh, from at least what I was looking at. Um, so, you know, you have to hope they can get another year like this out of them. But uh, I feel like at this age, it's such a question mark. And that definitely kind of makes things concerning when two of your most prominent players really you, you, or have questions about when the, the big decline is going to happen and if it happens next year. I Kat, think for Cam, one of the, Kat, one of the things – I think they're going to have to address is what do you do with a pulse and a Debo? You're going to have to pay him uh, because we saw his play this year really take a dramatic jump from a year ago. And I think the other part of that is if, if Lattimore is traded, then it makes a lot more sense to, to move Alante Taylor outside. back to the outside but position. But first things first, I think you're going to have to shell out dead presidents printed on paper to pulse and a Debo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think the Saints feel like they were they were okay without Lattimore. Like, I, I think that they felt pretty confident in how they played without him. 
which makes it interesting as to what's going to happen with him later this summer, since I assume if there is any trade, it would have, it would have to be after June 2nd because of the cap ramifications. So if he is gone, you're right, that does make Paulson Adebo way more valuable. I mean, how do the Saints view it, though? Do they feel like they could go – they can move Taylor – go sign another guy off the street to play. Cause I thought that, you know, Marcus Robertson did such a good job with this group. They were signing street free agents basically. And uh, they all, they all played well, I thought. So that will be interesting, but I do think that if a Debo continues to be a ascending player, they have to pay him. You don't want to miss out like they did with Trey Hendrickson, who was clearly a player on the rise and they just couldn't afford him. And they also Isaac Yadam and, and, what he did brought to the team this year. Yeah. Also, I mean, he yeah, was a guy coming well. in, everybody, oh, he might be a special teams guy, but look <laughs> how much playing time, and he played well. No, there was only one game he got burned. I'm yeah, trying to think, what was that? I, I remember, but I do remember wait, wait, that. Was it the Rams? I don't know, Cat, help me out. Now, there was one game, all the um, other games he was outstanding, but he struggled this one game. I was like, man. And I, I remember Rams game, Deuce, maybe? I think, I well, yeah, it, it but, might have been the Rams. Yeah, because yeah. Deuce and I were stroking him, oh, he's going to get paid in the future. Did he yeah. get burnt that and, week? And, and, <laughs> and, and, oh, no, and a few hours uh, before, we said that statement a few hours later, I think it might have been the Rams game. So it like, had uh, to be because it was the Thursday night Yeah, game. it's like, oh, uh, that, that, that didn't work out too much. Uh, I mean, I'm an Isaac Adam fan because I think he has that ability. He plays with that confidence. You know, he's long and all that. So that's why I, I, I think – I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Lattimore's not back with the team because the depth they have there. Now, I don't know about all the finances, the salary cap yeah, and all. Yeah, Woodcat brought up yeah. after June 2nd. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That's when you're going to yeah. have to deal that off. Yeah, his, uh, his contract is very confusing and very hard to explain. Um, I've broken it down a couple times in articles, but uh, just the dead money and how much it can vary depending on when he, what time of the year he gets traded, if he gets traded. Um, it's it's a little crazy, but the Saints do love to introduce new stuff to the salary cap every single year that we have to try to figure out. Um, but that being said, I think Yadam was one of those players that played very well. I think they're going to want to re-sign him, and I think it probably gives them the confidence that they they can find guys like that and still be okay. Kat, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Always informative, and we appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All righty, Catherine Terrell, who covers the Saints for ESPN.